We are full this morning. We're almost, we're going to play out some more chairs next week. It's going to be exciting. I get excited about chairs. <laughs> I do. I do. If you got, some of you know me and you know I get too excited about chairs. I'm like, why don't we try a slightly more curved? Why not? Yeah, I know. It's boring. I'm a geek. All right, as Len said, my name's Tom. Uh, I am married to Chloe. She's right here. She is beautiful and wonderful, and she is an amazing artist. And we've got two sons, Caleb and Rocco. Um, and this week, we have been on holiday. I, I also work as a teacher, so I, I get an outrageous amount of holiday, I know. We've been on holiday in Belgium. Belgium was fine. It's no Netherlands, you know? I'm sorry if you're Belgian and you're here. Belgium was fun. But we went to Centre Parks and that was brilliant. So holiday for us was uh, ice cream every day. That's one of like, uh, yeah, Avery family. It's kind of statue. It's like written. We've got that engraved on a stone tablet. Holiday, ice cream every day. We don't have that engraved on a stone tablet. Um, Centre Parks, if you've been to Centre Parks, it's all about swimming. It's a big swimming pool, going down the rapids, ribs aching this week. You're going over like these kind of stone like lumps if you've been there you'll know but anyway Chloe's got some dreadful bruises from the rapids and we saw some hills which as an Englishman living in Amsterdam is just a necessity to sometimes just go and check that they're still out there they still exist there is still hills in the world that was <laughs> that's good so we saw a few hills that's lovely and um, I start here uh, because today we're going to be speaking a bit about this, the pursuit of happiness, about finding happiness, what that looks like. We're going to be speaking about the pursuit of happiness, not the film with uh, Will Smith, although not a bad film. Check it out. Uh, not about particularly the phraseology of the um, American Declaration of Independence, where we get this phrase from, the pursuit of happiness. You know that we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed with the, by the Creator with certain unalienable rights. Among these, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Um, I'm not talking about that, but it's kind of a good place to start this idea that there's a, a right to the pursuit of happiness. It, it kind of seems to emanate from our kind of very core, we all want to pursue happiness. We want fulfillment, you might call it, satisfaction. It kind of comes right from in us that we, we all want fulfillment. Call it what you will, we all crave it. The Bible sometimes, instead of the word happy, uses the word blessed. A very similar meaning, fulfillment, satisfaction, blessed. And we're going to be reading, as Len said from Psalms, we're going to be reading from Psalm 1. If you've got your Bibles, you may want to turn to it. If you've got your app, you might want to flick to it, however you get there. I'm going to read it to you. We're going to be reading from Psalm 1 this morning. This is where we're going to be spending our time considering what the Bible says about the pursuit of happiness. Now, let me just let you know we're going to be looking at a few Psalms over the coming season. Uh, Matt, who Len spoke of, who leads the church, is going to be speaking from John 17, and a few other guys are going to be speaking from some Psalms. So I know Len's going to pick up a Psalm next week, uh, and Derek's going to speak in a few, uh, maybe a month's time or so, on another Psalm. Um, and today I'm going to speak from Psalm 1. So let me read this to you. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree 
planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the, wicked, the way of the wicked will perish. Father, we come to you this morning again, and we say we want to hear you, Lord. We know the world has much to say on happiness. We know the world has much to say on satisfaction and fulfillment. We say this morning we want to hear you, Father. We want to hear what you have to say on happiness, on satisfaction, on fulfillment. We come to you, Lord, and we ask, would you speak to us this morning? Would you change us by your words? We ask that in the name of your Son, Amen. If you um, just take a kind of cursory search on uh, Instagram or Twitter or any social media you like for the hashtag blessed, you will find some interesting results. You, I, mean, you, I mean, you've all definitely seen someone's posts with hashtag blessed after it. So I did this search yesterday. I had a little, there was loads and loads of stuff, but I've just pulled out a few. One of the first I came to was just like happy Saturday. Hashtag blessed, it's Saturday. This one was good. Um, it was a, pictures go along these, but there's a person saying, I'm at the Palazzo, Las Vegas, hashtag blessed. And I thought, yeah, it sounds better than Belgium. <laughs> one day maybe. This one, this is a good one. Woohoo, they are finally here, teddies. Hashtag blessed. There's a picture of a teddy. They're quite happy about their teddy. Hustle till your dreams become a reality. Hashtag blessed. I didn't even get that one. This was my very favorite, okay? A picture of some material, like a close-up of just like some, you know, like fabric with some tassels on it. And the, 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 the caption just said, tassel love. Hashtag blessed. Yeah, that person loves their material and tassels. Here's a more serious one. Um, pictures of a family spending our first anniversary with our six-month-old is quite amazing. Hashtag blessed. Best stuffed churros. Hashtag blessed. And churros are good, sure. And then I came across this. I came across this kind of laid out like a poem, but not a poem. You know the kind of thing you see on social media? It's not a poem, but someone's kind of chopped up the lines because they think that's how you make poetry. I don't know. That's what they've done. And it said this. Uh, the universe is not punishing you, it is not blessing you, it is not controlling you. The universe responds to the vibration you are creating. Think happy and, the happiness, and happiness will come to you. Think negatively and negativity will come to you. What we put into the universe will get back like an echo. That's what I read. <clears throat> Let me just state first of all that is not our view on happiness. But this view on happiness, I think, is one of two very broad views that the world has on happiness. I, I'm going to call this view the kind of youthful view, the view from the beginning of life, that happiness is attainable, and not only is it attainable, but it is quite simple to attain happiness. Let's take a, a man, um, let's put him at the start of his life, let's make him young, let's have him look out at the world at the beginning of his own. 
He's got his whole life ahead of him and he knows with the surety of youth that destiny awaits him. That happiness will be his. Success, fulfillment will be his. He's got it mapped out. He's got it all mapped out, the things to do, the places to go, the course to study, the job to get, the family, work, money, success, legacy, fulfillment. He's got a map to it. And so we join our man as he walks along this route mapped out, as he reaches forder, forder? That's not a word. As he reaches forward with eager anticipation as to what he will find out there in the world, some things he comes to and he finds that they are just a little beyond his grasp. He doesn't get the first class degree he was aiming for. He doesn't get the job in the field he wanted. That love that he so desired is not his. And sometimes happiness is replaced with disappointment. Uh, sometimes our man, he, he does manage to grasp and grapple and grab hold of something and hold it down. And then he finds when he opens that package, oh, it's not quite what I thought it was going to be. It's not quite what I thought it was and maybe my maps led me a little astray. It isn't what I wanted after all. My friend uh, Derek once owned a boat um, and I was talking to Derek about owning a boat because I thought oh, owning a boat would be amazing, right? In Amsterdam especially, it'd be wicked owning a boat. And Derek said to me something along the lines, I'm gonna have to paraphrase my friend, something along the lines of the best two days of boat ownership are the day you get the boat and the day you get rid of the boat. The day you buy it, the day you sell it, the day you get it, the day you get rid of it. Because some things just aren't what you quite thought they were going to be. That's what happens in life. Some things you manage to get hold of, some things you unpackage, some things they contain what you wanted, but they were attainable, yes. They are what you wanted, yes but somehow they don't quite add up to that lasting happiness you were looking for. So much in life, so much happiness that we seek after is fleeting, is momentary. Sure, some things do bring us happiness, do bring us satisfaction. That's not, that's undeniable, of course. And yet, worldly happiness so often seems fleeting and ultimately is always fleeting because one day we die. One day all those things that we loved and we put our store in, one all those things that we built towards are gone. The poet Walter Savage Landor put it like this, I strove with none for none was worth my strife. Nature I loved, and next to nature art. I warmed both hands before the fire of life. It sinks, and I am ready to depart. No matter what we warm our hands by in life, no matter what we put our store for happiness in, one day the fire dies, and we're ready to depart. You see, happiness, true happiness, lasting happiness, is not found walking in the council nor standing in the way of the world. That's, that's the message of the psalmist here. That 
this youthful view on happiness that is attainable and simply attainable is found to be not true. And we come to another view. Now we come to the aged view. We come to our man at the end of his life as he looks back with the eyes of cynicism, as he sits in the seat of scoffers. And the view then is, well, true and lasting happiness, therefore, is unattainable. Here's uh, the words of Macbeth as written by Shakespeare. This is the voice of scoffers. Life's but a walking shadow, a poor player that struts and frets his hour upon the stage and then is heard no more. It is a tale told by an idiot, full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. That's the voice of scoffers. True happiness is unattainable. Life is a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury, with no significance to it, signifying nothing. We said this morning that we're going to talk about the pursuit of happiness, and as I've spoken, I've kind of got further and further away from it. Because you see, this is the message of the psalmist. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. There is not happiness there. We find it in our experience and we find it in the world. These worldviews just don't add up. So what do we say? The pursuit of happiness is futile? Martin Lloyd-Jones, the great uh, English preacher, said this, if you seek happiness and live for it, you will never get it. So what do you get? if you seek happiness and live for happiness. The psalmist says you're left empty. He says you're like chaff that the wind drives away. You know this word chaff? You know, that's the seed of a grain of grain, a kernel of grain. A kernel of grain, you take a kernel of grain, wheat or corn or whatever it might be, and, and you throw it up in the air, you toss it in the air, and what separates out is the goodness is the, the bit that's got life to it, the, bits that's, the bit that's full of energy, the kernel falls back down, it's got weight and substance to it, and the chaff, the husk, the emptiness blows away in the wind. Following after the counsel of the world, standing in the way of the world, sitting in the seat of scoffers, it leads to emptiness. That's the message of the psalmist. Here it is, if you build your life around the pursuit of happiness, you'll be left rootless, hollow, fruitless. We are dust and shadow. So, what then, what then does the psalmist say about true happiness, about fulfillment, about satisfaction? Blessed is the man whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither in all that it does. In all that he does, he prospers. Lloyd-Jones again, he puts it like this when speaking about this psalm. He says, it is not circumstances, it is not events that will determine whether you'll be happy or not. It is not the events we put in place, it is not the things we grasp after, it is not those things that we so hunger for that will determine happiness it is your relationship to God and it is what you are yourself. It is your relationship to God. Do you delight in him 
it is what you yourself are. Are you planted by the stream of living water? He says happiness is not dependent on happenings. Happiness is dependent on how we relate to God. It is dependent on who we truly are. As Shakespeare once again said, the fault, dear Brutus, is not in our stars, but in ourselves. This is the message of the psalmist. We're not made to be pursuers of happiness. We're not made to be kings of our own courts. We're not made to be captains of our own destiny. It is not what we are built for. And yet, let us come back because we said that that pursuit of happiness seems to come right from within us. So what is the solution? Well, there can only be one conclusion. It is us that needs to be changed. To be happy, to find fulfillment, to be blessed, we must ultimately be changed. In uh, the book of Ezekiel, in the Old Testament, God makes an incredible promise to his people. An incredible promise. We call it a prophecy. God makes this incredible promise to his people. He says, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. I will take your heart of stone and change it to a heart of flesh. I will change you. I will transform you. That is the promise of God. Where? How? How does this transformation happen? Listen up. Here it is. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. I ask you, just listen so carefully for the next few moments because here's the very center of it. If happiness is what you are looking for, if you are seeking fulfillment as we all are, let me urge you this morning to stop seeking it, to stop running after happiness as both a means and an end. Stop grasping after what is unattainable on your own let me urge you this morning instead to find the one, the one we've been singing about, the King Jesus who says, behold, I am making all things new. At Liberty Church, we make a lot of Jesus. We speak about him and his work. We speak about the good news of Jesus, the gospel, week in and week out. We speak about our savior. We speak about him and we make much of him because it is Jesus that made much with us. It is him who took us from where we were, hopeless, unable to attain true happiness, peace, security, fulfillment, hope in this world. It's him who took us and made us new. He's the one who transformed us and goes on changing us. He's the one who rebuilt our life and centered it not around us and our happiness, but centered it around God. He's the one who took us and planted us by the stream of living water that we would no longer thirst. So I urge you this morning, if, if you've not done so before, If you 
would say that you don't know this Jesus that we're speaking about. I, I urge you this morning to seek the one, seek our Jesus who says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. You see, when we find Jesus, it is not that we give up on happiness. Actually, in Jesus, we find true life. In Jesus, we find true fulfillment. Jesus is the one who came that we may have life and have it abundantly. So let me speak to you for a little while. If you uh, would say that you do know Jesus, you, you have given your life to him. Your life is orientated around God. You are planted by, by, beside streams of living water. Um, because the truly blessed man, that's who the truly blessed man is. That's what we find here in the psalm. The one whose life is orientated towards, rooted in, dependent on God. One who has been transformed by the work of Christ. So that our delight is in the knowledge of God. Our delight is in the knowledge of salvation. Our delight is in knowing and being known by God. What does that life look like? I want to give you a few encouragements this morning if that's you. The first encouragement I want to give you is to delight in knowing God. Delight in knowing God in all that means. Delight in his revealed word. Delight in this. It's all profitable. That's what it says. All of it is profitable. All of it will do you good. Delight in coming to him, in finding him in his word. Delight in coming to him in prayer. Delight in communion with the spirit. Delight in God. Delight in singing songs of worship back to God. Count everything lost compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. That's what the blessed life looks like. It looks like people who delight to give their time to God, who delight to give their attention to God, who delight, who do so gladly. Andrew Wilson, uh, who's a preacher some of you might know, he, um, he has this great analogy, which I'm going to steal this morning, great analogy for spiritual disciplines. That's what I'm talking about there. The disciplines of reading the word, the disciplines of praying, the disciplines of coming to know God. He has this great analogy for them. He says that spiritual disciplines are not the cookies in a jar. They're not the things we're seeking after. They're not the cookies in the jar. Spiritual disciplines are the little stepladder we use to get to the treasure that is knowing God. They're the stepladder we use to delight in God. Let me encourage you this morning, let us be transformed by God in our thinking around this. We don't want to seek after reading our Bible for reading the Bible's sake. We don't want to pray for the sake of praying. We want to do these things because we want to delight in the one who delighted in us. We want to delight in the one who won us and transformed us. So that's my first encouragement to you this morning, delight in knowing God. And here's my second, delight in displaying fruit. It's the Spirit of God that bears fruit in us. It's the Spirit of God that bears fruit on us as we dwell beside the stream of living water, as we live there. We can't really do anything about it. It's God that does that. He bears fruit in us, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. But it's our job to display that, right? 
It's our job to display love to one another. So let me encourage you this morning. Let me encourage you this morning to love one another. We love one another here at Liberty Church, and I hope you see that when you walk in the door. If you're new here, I hope you see people who genuinely love one another. We love being together in family. We do that on a Sunday. Let me encourage you to get along to our midweek groups, because they're not just about us reading a bit more, praying a bit more. No, they're about us delighting in God, and they're about us loving one another in community. They're about us loving one another. As Christ has loved us, we love one another. Love one another because that's what we'll be known by. We love one another to make much of the love that Jesus has lavished on us. Love one another. That is where, that is when we prosper in all we do. Okay, so we said this morning, we cannot attain happiness by our own walking, our own standing, our own sitting, our own striving for it. We've said that circumstance will not bring about blessedness. We've said the universe does not respond to the vibrations we are creating. We cannot think happiness and happiness will come to us. The striving after happiness that we put out into the world, yeah, it does return to us, but it returns, yes, as an echo, as an empty shadow, as a husk. Ultimately, striving for all of us, striving after happiness ends. For those who don't know Jesus, for those who walk in the council of the world, that striving ends in death. The way of the wicked will perish. For us who know Jesus, the one who makes us truly blessed, that striving ended when our life was reorientated around God, when we were made new, when we were reconciled to God. I just love the intimacy of this, the penultimate line in this psalm. The Lord knows the way of the righteous. How wonderfully intimate is that verse. We delight in a God who knows our ways. We delight in a God who's not far and distant from us. We delight in a God who sent his son that we would be brought into family with him. We delight in a God who knows our ways. We hold this truth to be evident. Blessed is the man who knows God and is known by God. That's where true happiness lies. Let me invite you to stand. We're gonna, we're gonna pray. We're gonna pray and then we're gonna sing another song together. Um, we're going to sing a song uh, together because I, I want us, what I want us to do this morning is I want us to come to Jesus. I, I want to invite you to do these two things that we've spoken of. If you don't know Jesus this morning, I want to encourage you as we sing to speak to him, to ask him into your life. And I want to encourage you, if you don't know Jesus, I want to encourage you to come and grab me, talk to me, or to Len, to someone you've seen here, or a friend you've come along with. Why don't you speak to somebody about that? We encourage you this morning as we sing, why don't you seek Jesus and later why don't you seek out somebody to talk to about that. And let me encourage you, if you know Jesus this morning, here's, here's a moment when we're going to delight 
in God. We're going to sing, come Lord Jesus. We're going to sing to that great high priest, the Savior, who came that we would be truly blessed. Let me pray. Jesus, we are so grateful that in you we find the end of all our striving. We are so grateful that in you, the great author of life, we find fulfillment. We find life and life to the full. Jesus, we say we want to make much of you in our lives, Lord. We say this morning, Jesus, that we want to delight in you, our great high king. We say, come, Lord Jesus. Come into our lives, reorientate us, change us, make us those who delight, delight in the king of heaven. Amen.